0: Welcome to the Basic Money Matters Show, where we take the complicated financial parts of your life and your business and make it easy for you to understand. In this show, we discuss tools and tips to help you manage both your personal and business finances. So are you ready to get your finances in order? Well, I am your host, Annette Sullivan, Certified Public Accountant and CEO of Temple Management Consulting. And I do, do so appreciate your joining the show today. Welcome, 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 welcome. Well, our topic today is five money mistakes you may be making. Five money mistakes you may, may be making. These are some of the most common mistakes that individuals make with their finances. We're in a very precarious position now. We're not sure whether or not there's going to be a recession. The market has been in a downturn over the last month or so. And Prices are up and have been up for a while. Everything is more costly homes, cars, just food, general goods are just higher. And so we have to be wise. We have to be wise about our spending. We have to be wise about our investing. And in all of our lives, there are times when we need to adjust. We need to be flexible. And then we also have to be able to adapt. So what does that mean when it comes to financing? I truly believe that when it comes to financing, we shouldn't be doing the same thing the same way all the time. We need to look at our finances each year, and sometimes it may take a quarterly review and say, okay, I've been saving at this rate. I've been spending at this rate. I have these investments. You just stop and and take stock of how you are handling your money, your behavior towards money, uh, how you are saving, what you are saving, your investment portfolio. It's it's like a, an automobile. Or um, as a homeowner, we often... We have to, actually. We have to maintain our automobiles. We have to actively go and get service done on them, oil changes, etc. We actively have uh, service technicians come into our homes and service our HVAC units and other things to make sure that things are running in tip-top shape. It's no different with our finances. We need to intentionally and actively stop at regular intervals and assess, assess our finances, our financial condition. What are all our assets and liabilities? We need to stop and assess our portfolios. We need to stop and assess our spending, our credit card balances, all of our liabilities. We need to stop and assess. And once we assess, we look at it in terms of what our family goals are. Because sometimes we all get into a rut and get into a routine of doing something the same way all the time. And that could be also the case with our spending, with our finances overall. And so We need to intentionally take an assessment, whether it's every quarter or semi-annual. I suggest it be no fewer times than semi-annual. At least, another way to say that is at least twice a year. Assess your money, your finances, what you're doing, how you're doing, look at all the bills. Just look at everything in terms of your goals. So no matter what is happening in the economy as a whole, you do need to avoid these five money mistakes because they can help you survive, maybe even thrive in any economy. Our economy right now is pretty funny, and I don't mean comical funny. We don't know what is going to go on, but we need to prepare ourselves and become, to the extent that you can, become as frugal as you can and be in preparation mode for almost anything. So that's just some advice there. So mistake number one, the first mistake is regularly making unnecessary purchases. Now this should be fairly obvious, but once again, any of us are are prone to getting into a routine, getting into a rut, doing something without thinking. Now, our friend, Mr. Amazon, has made it very easy, very, very easy for us to shop. Not, Mr. A- not only Mr. Amazon, there are other Mr. and Mrs. store, major retailers, that's made it very easy to shop. You could be sitting on a train or a bus. You could be at the light. You could be at the grocery store and all we have to do is open up the app, Mr. Walmart, open up the app and it takes about seven seconds to buy anything. And oh my goodness, Mr. Amazon has made it very, very convenient with Amazon Prime because now we don't have to pay for shipping. And oh, even better, we can have it by the end of the day or between the hours of 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. in the morning. And it is now 10 o'clock at night. Nine hours later, this purchase you just made while lying in the bed could be at your doorstop in such a short period of time. How convenient is that? It is very convenient, and that's a good thing. For necessary purchases, let's not fall, fall fall for the mistake of making purchases out of convenience. We should be spending on items that are needful and planned for as much as possible. We all have an opportunity sometimes where we are celebrating and want to do something special for ourselves. We need to do that. But when that is happening every other day, that's another animal in and of itself. So we all like to treat ourselves, but frequent unnecessary purchases can, first of all, clutter your life. What do I mean by that? Well, if it's unnecessary and it's a purchase and it's coming into your home, it's going to add to the clutter. The clutter and clutter tends to uh, keep us from, well, first of all, being able to find important things in our homes. And for me personally personally. Clutter keeps me from being able to think very clearly. I don't know about you, but it keeps me from thinking very clearly. So unnecessary purchases can, uh, of course, clutter our lives and also have a little bit of a sting um, on our wallets. So don't let excessive consumerism or spending hurt your long term financial health. Think about the long-term. Think about your goals. You're going to look up and that long-term is no longer going to be long-term. That long-term is going to be right upon you. And now it's within a year or three horizon. 15 years ago, it was long-term, but now you are about to have a child going to college or now you are uh, within retirement age or now you are now wanting to buy a house. But have you been thinking and operating with a long-term perspective? So that's mistake number one. Mistake number two is when you only save whatever is left over. No, 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 no. If you save only what's left over for the month, it's time to change your approach. Well, first of all, saving should be a priority. If saving is not a priority, you have to save in order to achieve anything financially. In order to buy a house, you have to save for a down payment. In order to buy a car, you would have to sometimes save for a down payment if you wish to make one on a new automobile purchase. Saving is required for just about every single goal that we have, our family has. And so you have to flip the approach. And so the goal is to save first, then spend what's left over, not the other way around. It's a habit. It's a habit that you have to switch. You Whether you go out, you have direct deposit. However you get your money, whether it's direct deposit or you cash a check, you have to develop a habit of taking some amount and saving that money, putting it into some account first. Now, if you've not been accustomed to that, you're saying, wow, that's going to really be hard. I guarantee you it's not going to really be hard if you just develop a habit of doing so and you start with something small. I'm a proponent of that. When you're trying to make a change, don't try to make big changes. You try to make the little changes first. You make the little changes and the little changes then will become habit and you can then move to the next level of changes. So if it's something as small as $50, $20, $10, it doesn't matter The amount, what matters is that that is the first thing that you do is you get paid and you take that amount that you have decided and you save it. Once you are accustomed to doing so over a period of time, now it becomes a part of your, I'm going to just use this terminology, DNA, so to speak. It now becomes a part of your DNA. You are now accustomed to the habit of saving first. So let's get back to basics by creating a budget. Then to put yourself on a more disciplined savings course, you might want to consider having a fixed amount taken out of your paycheck automatically each pay period or set up automatic transfers with your bank from your checking account to a savings or investment account. Whatever method it is, it just needs to happen and it needs to happen on a regular basis. So by making regular savings a habit, even small amounts can add up over time. So let's talk about mistake number three. Now, number three and number four are going to be closely related, but no, mistake number three is jumping on the bandwagon. And you all know what that term means, where you decide that you're going to do something because everyone else is doing it. Do you let economic news dictate your actions? Whether that news is good or bad, you're watching the news and it's saying, oh my gosh, a recession is coming and the market dropped and this and that's happened or, oh, prices are skyrocketing and the stock market is booming, whatever it may be. Do you make investment decisions based on what everyone else is doing? everyone's financial status is different. Every family has a different goal. So you cannot make investment decisions based on what everyone else is doing. Unless you are basing your decisions on your own needs and circumstances, you just really can't be sure you're doing what's right for you. So it needs to be based on your own needs and your own circumstances. So instead of following the crowd in any area of your life for that matter, take a proactive approach to your finances that I was speaking about earlier, rather than a reactive approach. It's about your family's financial goals or your family's goals and that your financial habits and actions line up with your goals so review your own goals take a look at your own risk tolerance what I mean by that is mm, are you one, a person that can take on more risk or are you just not a risky type person in terms of finances and you'd rather be more conservative? Only you can answer that. Review your own financial goals. Review your risk tolerance and your investment preferences. And after that, you just block out the noise of what somebody else might be doing. So when they come to you and says they just invested in XXX and it was a hit for them and it worked for them and they made a lot of money. Well, first of all, you don't know if it's true, okay? And secondly, they have a different financial situation than you. If that action will work for you and your, and your family's financial goals, then move forth. But you need to it needs to align with your own financial goals, your own risk tolerance and your investment preferences. So be intentional. Don't focus on what others are doing in terms of their finances. Now, I'm not saying don't learn. We all need to learn. But what we are talking about are someone else's in. Investment actions, savings actions, whatever it may be. Mistake number four, mistake number four, letting emotions drive your investment decisions. Now, researchers in the field of behavioral finance, they study how personal emotions and other mental or cognitive factors can influence our financial decision. They study this. They study how our emotional emotions and other mental factors can influence financial decision making. Now, what they have discovered is that. People don't always make wise choices when it comes to their money. I don't think we really need to have researchers to tell that. And you probably say, well, I know that already about my own self. So it's just a validation, right? People sometimes react without thinking things through. So that goes back to not jumping on the bandwagon bandwagon, or uh, reacting, rather than being proactive. So let's look at an example. The market is in a downturn, just like it is now. And you see that your investments, your 401k values, your IRA values, all of your investments and things have declined. So you're nervous. I would be too. I am, I have been there. I have made that phone call and say, oh my gosh, do I need to sell? Do I need to get out of this? I always have uh, an advisor, my advisor to calm me down and say, what's your long-term goal? And then what's your long-term goal? And um, looking out at uh, the horizon which is down the line for me. So you may decide when these investments in 401ks have, have declined that you want to limit your losses. It's just too unsettling for you. And so you want to sell now. I'm not saying that is your decision. I am not saying you don't. I'm not a financial advisor. But what I am saying is that ideally... The way it should work is that we should buy investments, stocks, etc., when the prices are low. It's just like anything, right? You don't want to buy anything at the top price. You want to buy things at, as, as cheaply as you can. So the ideal situation is to buy when the prices are low and sell when they are high. So what does that mean? So if you decide, oh, my gosh, the market just went down a thousand points and this portfolio of mine have declined several thousand dollars. And I don't want to lose all my money. I am going to go ahead and get out. Get out means you're going to sell. So now getting out means uh, you would have to sell those investments and uh, get into something more conservative that won't be affected by the the change in the market as much. But now you're selling at a low, which means then you're taking a permanent loss. It, you're taking a permanent loss. If the stock price, say you had one stock, if the price was $500 before the market downturn, and the market downturn, and now the price is uh, $400, and you're too nervous, you don't want to lose any more money, you decide to sell. Now you have definitely have a realized, unmitigated $100 loss. And you're saying, well, I think that I have essentially kept myself from losing more money. Well, just want to clarify that there's a difference between a paper loss and a real loss. On paper is... Exactly that. It means you've not sold it. You see the price going down and you see the price going down. And so it is a loss, but it's on paper because you've not actually executed any type of sale. How do you know that within a year or 18 months, the price won't go back up to $500 or higher and it recovers? You don't. It all depends on where you are in your age and your financial goals. So the point is not telling you that uh, you should don't sell here or, or, or buy here. The point is to know what your goals are in your time horizon. And sometimes it's best not to peak at those numbers and certainly not to peek at them every single day. Did you know that in the history of, now these are not concrete numbers, they are round numbers, but in the history of the market that there's not, there's not been a time when the market hasn't turned around within 18 to 24 months. I think that's the average where there may have been, you know, like the huge downturn back in 2008 within 2 years the market was back up and you know your portfolios would have been back where they were or greater it's never permanent but what matters is that you're not reacting you're not emotional that but that you are very intentional in looking at what your goals are your time horizon etc and and then make a decision about what your actions should or should not be. So instead of uh, buying when prices are low and selling stocks when they are high, investors oftentimes let their emotions get the better of them and end up doing the opposite. Like I said, buying high and selling low. Now, when the prices are rising um, in the stock market, and people are saying, oh, I'm making a lot of money. My, my investments are going up and up. Now you're going to be like, oh, I'm excited. I want to get in on this. Well, by the time you get in on that, most of the gains may have already been made. Point. Watch your emotions. Do not let your emotions drive your investment decisions. So it's also common to become anxious And want to sell once again during a downturn. But is this smart? Maybe, maybe not. Once again, what if that dip is short-lived and the investment rebounds? Fear of a loss and the thrill of making money can be very powerful emotions. But when we react to these emotions, rather than following of sound investment strategy, it may not result in the best decisions for your goals. So in investing, it's always a good idea to try to identify any emotions that you may have before making a move with your money. So mistake number five, last but not least, not asking for help. Now, even if your finances are in good shape, you may be overdue for a checkup. We talked about a checkup when we started this show. A financial review is important anytime, but especially during periods when the market is volatile, you know, up and down. And a financial professional can help you review your situation and your options. Don't let small mishaps, any of these mistakes affect your long-term financial health. Please take steps now to avoid these five money mistakes. Now keep in mind when we talk about mistake number five and not asking for help and potentially soliciting a financial professional, there is no guarantee. There's never a guarantee. You all know there's no guarantee in life. There's no guarantee that working with a financial professional will improve investment results. As a reminder, all investing involves risk. And that risk includes the possible risk of losing the actual money that you put in, the principal. And actually, there is no guarantee that any investment strategy will be successful. All we can do is do our due diligence, our homework. We know we must invest, keep an eye on things and be flexible and adaptable and intentional with our money and our investments. So I hope that you picked up a few tips in this show. We're talking, we've talked about the five money mistakes we do appreciate you listening to our show once again. Thanks for joining us. All of our shows are broadcast on Hindsight Media Radio Network, where there is always something good to talk about. You can also find us on all the major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of basic money matters.